Kevin Warwick is a professor of cybernetics at the University of Reading in England. Ask him to look ahead a hundred years and predict where we're headed as a species, and he doesn't hesitate. The only future I can see is one where there are perhaps humans as we know them today, but we also have the cyborg entity, the part human, part machine, with all different varieties. Warwick has spent his career working on ways to merge humans with machines, and he sees no reason why we should accept the limitations of our bodies as evolution has shaped them. Let's move forward. You know, let's not stay as we are. Warwick feels particularly trapped by our five senses because there are so many signals out there, like radio waves and X-rays, that as humans we just can't detect. We're looking at the world through a tunnel. We're hardly seeing anything that's there, so I think we can use technology to give the brain a much, much better perspective of what's going on. And it's this philosophy that's propelled Warwick into the realm of sensory enhancement, that is, adding new senses to the human experience. And Warwick isn't alone in this desire. It turns out there are people who've already taken this step. I got the implant about two months ago. A small cut was made in the side of my fingertip. It, it took about ten minutes, tops. That's Rebecca Davy, an undergrad at the University of Manchester. She's part of a small community of people who've had tiny magnets inserted into their bodies. Tucked into the tip of Davy's left ring finger is a magnet the size of a sesame seed. She had it implanted by a body modification artist in Berlin for about two hundred dollars. Davy says most people just don't get it. Often people are quite shocked by the idea of having, of almost butchering your body to put things in, but it's it's not really like that. If people are willing to get things like piercings or even contact lenses, it doesn't seem to me such a huge step to then go on to things like magnetic implants. Now the magnet hasn't profoundly changed Davy's life, but she can detect things in her environment that she couldn't before. When she approaches a magnetic field, she can feel the magnet move beneath her skin. She says it's like a gentle tugging or quivering. To demonstrate, Davy powers up her microwave and probes the air with her finger. She traces the shape of the microwave's magnetic field. It's very strong as you go to the side of the microwave. And then sort of dies off as you go over the middle, and then very strong at the other side. Back in Reading, in the lab of cybernetics researcher Kevin Warwick, a graduate student is studying people who've gotten these magnetic implants. In fact, the student is one of them. He has tiny magnets in two fingers on his left hand. His name is Ian Harrison, and he wants to know how such implants affect the way people experience their world. I ultimately want to prove this is a viable method of input to the body. Viable in the sense of being useful. For instance, Harrison's looking into using magnetic implants as a new way of experiencing music. He's queued up one of his favorite songs on his computer. The audio output cable is split. It goes both to the speaker and to a small coil of copper wire sitting on his desk. Harrison sticks one of his magnetic fingers into the center of the coil. So, what are you feeling in your finger? Right now, just the the rhythm of the beats. Every single time you hear that bass come through, you can feel the sensation quite strong coming through. He can feel the music even when the speaker is turned off. 
Harrison's professor Kevin Warwick wants to do more than just put magnets inside fingers so people can experience music in a different way. He's especially excited about neuronal implants, small computer chips that interact directly with our nervous systems, like the one he had connected to the nerves of his left wrist a few years back. So you can see the scar there from where the operation was carried out. Once there's a direct connection to the nerves, it's possible to hook them up to all sorts of contraptions. Warwick grabs a baseball cap dolled up with a circuit board, nine volt battery, a snake of black and red wires, and several ultrasonic sensors. This hat allowed him to navigate his environment like a bat with a form of echolocation. So the closer an object measured by the ultrasonic sensor, the more pulses went into my nervous system. I mean, it didn't feel like heat or touch. We had, if you like, opened up a new route to the brain. Warwick says he was able to move around his lab blindfolded without bumping into anything. The implant was inside Warwick's body for only a few months, but he sees no reason why these devices couldn't become permanent parts of ourselves. They could be used for therapeutic purposes, certainly. Helping somebody who's blind. For example, so they can detect objects as they move around ultrasonically. You know, why not? But Warwick doesn't want to stop there. He sees no reason why people who have all their natural senses shouldn't have access to extrasensory devices too. It's using the technology to provide something extra, so it is enhancing, it's upgrading. Well, it's just not clear to me why I would want to put these sensors into my body, and whether it would undermine some of my other capabilities. Wendell Wallach is a bioethicist at Yale University, and he studies the legal and ethical challenges posed by advances in robotics and neuroscience. He says we humans are not good at multitasking with our technology, like talking on the phone while driving, and he's concerned that if we are able to gain additional senses, they might distract us from our other natural senses. I think one of the the difficulties with all of these new trajectories in terms of how Science can alter us. Is that it tends to aggrandize what these technologies bring into our life, at the same time as it demeans a little bit how remarkable we are as human beings. But that's not the way Kevin Warwick sees it. He wants to be more remarkable. For him, the sensory enhancement technologies of the future, the ones that he thinks may help facilitate our transition to cyborgs, are as much a personal quest as a professional one. I want to experience things for myself. I want to know what it's like, and I want to find out what's possible if we push things a little bit further. That's that's what I'm about. This is what I live for. Warwick says he senses the future, and he refuses to be left behind. For Nova and the World, I'm Ari Daniel Shapiro, Reading.